Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. Amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of our God for the time that's been allotted mine to share. I like to preach with this thought in mind. It's handled. It is handled. Uh, it is handled. Uh, people of God, uh, last week I had one of my very first endoscopy exams. And anyone who knows anything about me, you know automatically that I cannot stand being put to sleep. Uh, there, there is something about the thought of anesthesia that just doesn't sit well with me. And the long and short is that if it's up to Marissa, you don't ever have to put me to sleep. And to be clear, y'all, this isn't even general anesthesia, so I'm not even going to be out for a long time. This is local anesthesia, but to me, they're all the same in my book because there's just something that doesn't sit right about the idea of y'all being able to put me to sleep, and I have no control over when I'm going to wake up. In fact, one of my friends said, Marissa, you really are having problems because you have control issues. And I had to submit and agree that I don't like to feel out of control in the natural parts of my life, but I'm good leaving all the supernatural stuff to God. Uh, but y'all, I dreaded this appointment for quite some time, and as much as I knew that I needed it, there was a crippling fear and anxiety that began to cloud me the closer I got to the hospital, to the point that I tried to delay my own deliverance. I needed results, but I was afraid of the way that I had to take to get them. Y'all, I started talking more and more. I was overanalyzing things. I was driving faster. I was exhibiting all the signs of anxiety to the point that the person who was set to drive me home said, Marissa, calm down. She said, your nerves are showing. Well, I went back for the procedure, y'all, and I remember them putting me to sleep at about the last time that I could see, 3.07 p.m., and the last thing I remember was zapping out for every bit of two seconds because as they told me I would feel cold medication in my IV, what I exclaimed to them at the time was, no, I feel a burning sensation in my chest. At this point, I knew I was going out of here. Whether it was for 10 minutes or eternity, I couldn't tell you. I just knew that I was down for the count. Suddenly, I'm awakened to a woman who is calling my name as if my mother herself were waking me up because I was late for school. She said, Marissa... I jumped up in a haze and I was trying to figure out what was going on. And the first thing I could yell at my mouth is, what is wrong with me? Suddenly she said, it's over, Miss Farrell. You're in recovery. I said, well, what time is it? She said, it's 3.39 p.m. <laughs> As I sat there processing all of the anxiety that I had only to be under anesthesia for 32 measly minutes, the first thought that filled my mind was, wow, Marissa, your fear was bigger than your fight. I had literally spent weeks and even months delaying and worrying about something that lasted every bit of 32 minutes because my fear was bigger than my fight. I begin to think about all the times in my life that I have spent wrapped up in worry and anxiety about the very things that I could not change nor control and literally that were in the hands of God, realizing that each and every day people are subject to paralyzing amounts of fear to the point of dysfunction that is often bigger than their fight. When what I'm worrying about isn't even as big as what I have to face. I realized that I was living subject to fear 
Because truthfully speaking, for so long I had lived under the idea that what I was about to face was in the implicit hands of the doctors and therefore it was out of the hands of God. In my natural mind, I hadn't realized how much my fear really exhibited that I had chalked this up to the process of medicine and I had become subject to the lack of faith in the God who was in control of my life. A place where I allowed the conditions to conquer my faith rather than my faith to conquer the conditions. All because my fear was bigger than my fight. And that, my brothers and sisters, is exactly where many of us find ourselves today. And in the context of this scripture where we find the children of Israel that are before us today, they are positioned to have freedom but subject to fear because of the conditions of their context. Understand that by this point in our text today, the children of Israel have been under slavery in Egypt for far too long. We won't get into the theological debate behind 430 years versus 210 years. You can search that yourself. But for the sake of this discourse, let's just say they had been there 200 years too long because 200 years is a long time to be subject to anything. For the sake of this sermon, let's just deal with it from the perspective that they have been subject to living in fear of what ruled over them for far too long but the interesting thing is that they have been subject to slavery so long that the truth of how they ended up there was no longer relevant to their context they are there because Pharaoh feared their potential they are there because Pharaoh feared what they would one day become they are there because the people of Egypt were afraid that they were outnumbered by the children of Israel and at some point Pharaoh figured out that he didn't actually have to be greater than them he just had to slowly subject them into believing that his power was greater than the God whose everlasting promise was made to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 the same God that promised I will make you a great nation I will bless you I will make your name great and you will be a blessing I will bless those that bless you I will curse those that curse you and all of the people through the earth will be blessed because of you so I had to give you all of that to give you this that the children of Israel are in fear of breaking the bondage of something that never had power over them in the first place have you ever found yourself in a position where you realize that what you had been subject to was never stronger than you anyway have you ever been in a position where you look back and realize I don't know what took me so long to get away from that situation because what I was in was never stronger than me in the first place have you ever looked back on a relationship that had you bound up tied up tangled up and you sitting there trying to figure out how you wasted seven years of your life on people that were never worth your standard in the first place I'm talking about when you were dealing with something that wasn't bigger than you in the first place, y'all. And it was in my preparation for this sermon that it hit me like a ton of bricks. I wasn't afraid of my procedure because the doctors were in control of my life. I was afraid because I had become subject to the idea of something having momentary control over my life. I had served my fear so long that I had become enslaved and arrested by it. Even before I could get on the table, I was acting out of fear and that's when the real revelation came that the children of Israel aren't afraid because they don't have power they are afraid because they are subject to the power of what they serve can I say it again the children of Israel are not afraid because they don't have power they are afraid because they are subject to what they have served by this point in their lives they have served Pharaoh so long that they have become subject to the fear of him because whatever you serve long enough you become subject to and so even when freedom is before them they are afraid to walk in freedom because they are stuck by what they have served I have come today because I believe there are people who are in this sanctuary who are stuck because of the things that you have served and sometimes it's not people but sometimes you serve thoughts of inadequacy and you serve 
depression and you serve thoughts of anxiety and you serve thoughts of failure and you serve thoughts of rejection and you have allowed yourself to become subject to something that doesn't actually have power over you because greater is he that's on the inside of me than he that is in the world. I wish you would just talk to yourself for the next 15 seconds and declare you have no place in my life. You got to learn how to cast down every vain imagination that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And the reason why some of us are where we are is because when the thoughts came our way, we didn't put them in their place the first time. But I dare you declare today that I came to kill a demon today and put everything that's not in God's plan for my life in its place today. You better talk to somebody on your own and tell them, neighbor, I came to kill a demon today. Depression's got to bow. Sickness has got to bow. Anxiety has got to bow. Poverty has got to bow. In Jesus. In Jesus' name. Y'all be seated. I got a little ways to go. Y'all, Pharaoh didn't have any power over them because he wasn't stronger than them. They outnumbered the Egyptians. Exodus 1 and 9 gives us evidence to that. They said, look at the Israelites. They have become stronger than we are. They have outnumbered us. He has power because he has inflicted a mentality upon them. They have power over the children of Israel because Pharaoh was smart enough to set up slave masters over groups of them because he understood that if I can divide you, I can conquer you. That's why the enemy has you stuck between two opinions because he believes that if he can divide your faith, he can conquer your soul. That's why you're stuck between where you are and where you believe God wants to take you because the devil joys in your conflict but I wish you would talk to yourself today and declare that God has not given me a spirit of fear but a power of love and a sound mind. You ought to lay your hands on yourself and declare I've got a sound mind today. I've got a sound mind. He has a mentality over them that has subject them to serve him. And anything you serve long enough, you become subject to. That's why we must be careful what we give credit to. Because the reality is that there's a difference between being in bondage and being bound. Being bondage is being at a place of enslavement. Being bound is being unable to move. And too many of us have become subject to being bound by things that had no power over us that we have given power to. But today, world overcomers, I believe that the Lord has sent me here to break you out of everything that has had you bound to tell you that the promises that he has made over you are still relevant to your life no matter the context of your condition. That this is your day to break the hold of the enemy off of your mind, off of your life, off of your soul, off of your family, off of your marriage, off of your children and walk into your freedom because here's the prophetic word concerning you the enemy that you see today you will see no more. In fact I wish you would prophesy that to somebody around you and tell them neighbor this is the last day that I deal with this tell them this is the last time you gonna see me this sad. This is the last time you gonna see me this depressed this is the last time you gonna see me this broken because everything I'm facing is already handled y'all ain't talking to nobody but I need you to shake somebody next to you like you're trying to shake them crazy and tell them neighbor it's handled tell them I don't know what you're facing but you better put on your Olivia Pope voice and tell them it's handled I told you what you declare here he'll do there. You better speak to every bound place in your life and declare today it is handled. Well preacher I hear you. It sounds good but help me because you really don't know the conditions of my content.
to this. You don't know how many times I tried to break this hole. You don't know how hard it is to outrun this type of trial and temptation because some of y'all have been trying to outrun the bondage of depression and some of y'all have been trying to outrun the bondage of rejection and abandonment. Some of y'all have been trying to outrun the bondage of abuse and others have been trying to outrun the bondage of temptation. Some of y'all have been trying to outrun the bondage of low self-esteem. But whatever reason, you are here today because there is a freedom that God wants you to have and you have become conflicted by your context. And so what I came to clarify for you today is that the problem is that you have become convinced that you cannot reach it. But I came to tell you, you can have it, but in order to have it, you must stop confusing your contention. Can I say it again? You can have the freedom that you are looking for, but today you have got to stop confusing your contention. Preacher, what are you talking about? Well, contention is disagreement, y'all. And watch this. Many of us get caught up when we believe that the disagreement between our placement and our promise is from the enemy. We are fleeing rather than the God that we are serving. Can I say that again? That many of us get caught up. We get pulled back when we believe that the disagreement in our lives is between the fact that our placement and our promise is from the enemy. We are fleeing rather than the God that we are serving. Can I make it plain for you? The children of Israel are on their way out of bondage. Their promise says God will deliver, but their placement says you will never get out of this. Their promise says God will show up but their placement says you can't get past where you are right now and there is a confusion about their contention because the burning question is what do I believe when I know what I was promised but I see where I'm at what do I believe when I know what God says but I see where I'm at this morning and today I came to get every person who's been in conflict because you are trying to navigate the misalignment between what you know and what you see. I know God told me that healing is mine, but do you know what the doctors told me? I know that God told me my children will be delivered, but do you know how entangled they are? I know that God told me that everything was going to work out for my good, but do you see how much bad is working against me? And I came to suggest to you this, that sometimes the place of impossibility is God's doing not to trip you up but to trap your enemy can I tell you that again that sometimes God will put you in a position that seems impossible not to trip you up but to trap your enemy wait a minute preacher are you telling me that every time I turn back thinking I could not live this place that I was bound in perhaps God was working on all along you mean to tell me that maybe God hadn't abandoned me but he was just baiting my enemy preacher you mean to tell me that God didn't leave me alone that I was there for a purpose well if we look at how God works for the children of Israel I came to tell you that God will do the same thing for you because God has plans to catch up everything that you have been caught in can I make it plain for y'all verse 1 of this chapter says that God spoke to Moses and it wasn't his enemy it wasn't a devil it wasn't even a hater but God himself says to Moses speak to the children of Israel and tell them to camp before Paharoth between Midgal and the sea opposite of Baal-Zephon preacher you talking about a bunch of places but I need you to make it make sense and I need you to make it sense, make sense because I miss my shout cue if you ain't shouting yet, then you don't understand the complexity of this command. God is literally telling them to go somewhere where they are going to be trapped by their enemy. God tells Moses to tell the people to camp before Paharoth between Midgar 
is Paharoth. This is a terrain of rugged rocks that is literally impassable by foot. On the other side is Migdal and Belzephon, where the Egyptians have set up forts and strongholds. And in front of them is the sea, and behind them is the Egyptians. In other words, y'all, they are boxed in. And y'all, this is complex to understand because God himself has commanded the people to go in the middle of what seems like a trap. God himself has told the people, go and put yourself on the front line so that I can deal with your enemy. God himself has placed them in what seems like an impossible situation. But God says, I didn't do it so that you would get caught up. I did it so that Pharaoh will say that they are trapped and bewildered. I will cause Pharaoh to pursue them. And guess what I'm going to do it? So that I can get the glory out of this. He says, tell Pharaoh to come and pursue them so that they can know that I am the Lord their God. See, the problem with some of us is that we have been caught up and stuck because the enemy spoke a truth about where we were. But we negated to consider that just because it's a truth doesn't mean that it's a trial. Just because it's my reality doesn't mean that it's my demise. I'm up against an impossible situation. But this ain't nothing for God because the last time I checked, the God that I serve specializes in doing things that seem impossible and sometimes God has to put you in impossible places just to prove that he is God in your life I wish you would talk to somebody next to you and tell them neighbor God specializes in doing the impossible impossible places are not the time for you to turn around and some of us have been stuck for so many years because every time we see an impossibility we turn back to the hands of the enemy but I came to tell you the devil is a liar that every hard place in your life is handled because even your hard places are under the control of God and maybe this morning you're saying preacher how do you know that God can handle my hard place well if we watch the hand of God in the text today we can find encouragement to believe that the very way that God did it for the children of Israel he can break the bondage of every hard place in your life the first thing we see is that we gotta learn how to change our perspective would you help me preach my sermon and tell somebody next to you neighbor You've got to change your perspective. But what perspective do I have to change? You've got to change your perspective about who is in control of your hard place. See, too often we give the enemy credit for every hard place in our lives. But sometimes it's God's way of baiting your enemy so that he can handle everything that is trying to handle you. Understand that they are not positioned here at the hand of the enemy and we got to learn who has positioned us where we are so that we can recognize who is giving us the victory. I came to tell you that they are positioned there because sometimes God will orchestrate our obstacles. Would you help me preach my sermon and tell somebody on your own neighbor, tell them sometimes God will orchestrate our obstacles. Y'all verse 4 tells us that God hardened Pharaoh's heart and he caused them to pursue him. What do you do when the God that you serve has sent the enemy on the run after you? What do you do when the God that you serve is the reason why you're being tried in the first place? What do you do when the God that you serve has commanded your enemy to pursue you? The only thing that I can think to do is that if God sent my enemy after me. I got to trust that he got a plan for every enemy in my life. I wish you would touch somebody and tell them neighbor, tell them God got a plan in this. But can I tell you what the 
plan is. The plan is not about the detriment of his people, but the plan is about their deliverance. And today I came to adjust your perspective to tell you to stop giving the enemy more credit than he deserves. For there is nothing in your trouble that God hasn't made a plan for. Perhaps God has released your enemy so that you can find out that God is greater than your problem. And the day I came to tell you, lift up your head and square up your shoulders because the enemy has no power except at God's orchestration. Come here, Job. Do you know a little about it? I was tried by the enemy, but it was only at the permission of God. In other words, there are times in our lives where God will orchestrate divine destruction, but it's not for our demise, but rather for our deliverance. But I came to give world overcomers good news that if God can release your trouble, he's the only one that can retain it. In other words, he'll put a hold on your enemy that'll make your enemy back up. He'll put a hold on your enemy that'll make your enemy behave. And I wish you would turn your perspective this morning to believe that God is about to get the glory out of every hard place in your life that you won't be here always but God has orchestrated this to get the glory out of this but not only do I know that it's handled because God's getting the glory out of this but I know that it's handled because your position is not a problem but rather a promotion I wish you would help me preach my sermon and tell somebody next to you. Tell them my position is not a problem, but it's a promotion. Y'all watch this. They have become subject to fear and it is fear that has them believing that where they are is too hot for God. That's why the children of Israel, they turned to Moses in this verse and they said, Moses, did you bring us here? Because there were no graves left in Egypt. They don't even recognize that where they are right now, it looks like a trap, but it's really a place of triumph. They are so devastated by the power of their enemy that they don't even realize that there's victory in the valley. Y'all, they turned to Moses and they said, Moses, did you bring us here? Because there were no graves in Egypt. In other words, did you drag us out to the wilderness to die? But y'all, Moses was away. That in verse 4 of this chapter, that God had already given him a word that said, I'm going to cause Pharaoh's army to pursue you just so they could know that I am God. In other words, I'm going to make sure that I position your enemy to know who they're dealing with. But if I dealt with them in Egypt, they would have thought they were in that territory. So I had to drag them out to the middle of the wilderness to let Pharaoh know that I've got power over him too. In other words, God says, I'm going to change your position so that you can come out of servitude and end up in a wilderness just so the enemy knows that I am God that's fighting for you. If you ain't shouting by now, you done miss your shout cue. When they were in Egypt, Pharaoh was over them, but in the wilderness, God was in control. God had to change their position so they could have a front row seat to their enemy's demise. I came to get at a person who felt like your impossible place was a problem, but it was really a promotion from being under the problem to being in front of the problem. I came to tell you that you've been worried because you felt like you were gonna die here. But God says, I'm not trying to hurt 
front row seats. I'm placing you where you can witness your enemy's demise. I wish I had 300 people that would shout in here because God is not trying to slaughter you. He's just giving you a better seat. He's repositioning you from victim to victor. He's positioning you from defeated to delivered. He's positioning you from the oppressed to the victor. But you've got to learn how to trust God for love. He said, I'll be with you always
for you <laughs> and then he had to hold Pharaoh under the sea <sighs> I speak today to every person who's been in an impossible place to tell you that God is making a way for you here's the miracle he made a way where there was no way. We say that a lot, and we don't normally get it. But remember now, they got rocky terrain on one side, cannot be passed by foot. They got fortresses on the other side, Egyptians there. They got a sea that's in front of them, cannot swim. Egyptians behind them, they are boxed in. There is no way. See, God will put you in what looks like an impossibility to you. Because what's impossible to man is possible for God. He made a way where there was no way. And when the enemy that was haunting and taunting and after them thought that he was going to run through the way to snatch back what God had done, God put his hand on his neck, drowned them in the reds. 
came to prophesy to about 600 crazy people in this room that the door you do not see open today will be open tomorrow. Jesus. And when God opens the door for you this time, Everything that tried to lock you out, that tried to keep you out, that tried to tell you you couldn't enter, he's closing the door behind you. You, woo, you gonna go in unhinged, you gonna go in unharmed, you gonna go in uninterrupted, you gonna go in without hesitation. In other words, prophesy to three people, tell them the struggle is over, the struggle is over, the struggle is over, the struggle is over, the struggle is over. is handled father in Jesus name father today I thank you huh, for being the God who has handled everything that's hurting me Woo. I thank you for being the God who knows your plans for me so well that you would place me in what seems impossible only to prove that you are God over my enemies and God who loves and cares about me. God who's looking out for me. God who's orchestrating my life. God who is in control of all. God who was working things out for me. Thank you for being God in my life. For being so God that you knew how to place me in the perfectly impossible situation just so I could learn to trust you more. Thank you for being the God who's so God that you knew how to place me in what seemed like it would never work out just so I could understand how much God you are. Thank you for being the God who is so God that you would put me in a position to cause my enemy to have to get trapped up behind where I thought I was going to trip her. Thank you for being the God who is so God that the very things that tripped me up last year I'm triumphing over this year because you are the God who has handled everything that is concerning me so today I decree no fear no stress no worry no anxiety I cast down the spirit of depression I cast down the spirit of anxiety I cast down the spirit of fear in the name of Jesus we your people are here today and we serve an eviction notice to the devil and we declare that every thought that tried to rule our lives and tried to rule our minds is being drowned in the Red Sea today that you are the God who is handling the army that is behind me because you have dispatched angel armies to cover me and cover my family and cover my money and cover my marriage and cover my ministry and cover my job and cover my welfare and cover my house and cover everything concerning me thank you for being God over all and today I declare that you have turned the tables in my favor you have repositioned me so that the very thing that tried to kill me, I would see a front row seat to its demise. Today I declare in the presence of the Lord that the enemy I was dealing with yesterday, I'll deal with no more. That the very thing that had me bound yesterday, I won't see anymore because you are the God of freedom and you are the God of liberation and who the Son has set free is free indeed. Today we lift our hands and we open up our mouths and we begin to bless you from a free place. We begin to bless you from a place of freedom. We begin to bless you from a place of liberty. We begin to bless you from a place of healing. We begin to bless you from a place of wholeness because your word has penetrated our hearts today and caused us to believe that we can walk in the liberty where which Christ has made us free. And so we clap our hands and we open up our mouths and we give God praise and we give him thanks for your freedom today. In Jesus' name, if you believe it, I need you to open your mouth and shout in this place. God has set you free. Come on, shout in this place like it's handled. Shout in this place like you know I have no reason to worry. I have no reason to fear. I have no reason to worry. I have no reason to fear. I have no reason to fear. 
necessarily been under the fear of Pharaoh but you've been under the mentality of servitude to what has had you bound maybe you've been bound by the brokenness of your family maybe you've been bound by the brokenness of your past maybe you've been bound by the brokenness of your situation but today I want to challenge you to stretch out on faith and do something in the presence of God to prove to him that you know he is the God who works in the impossible. For every person in this room, every person online, I need you to get a gift in your hand. I need you to get a gift in your hand. There are at least 300 of you who can meet me with the $100 seed offering. You don't got to stand up. You don't got to identify yourself. You don't have to wave your phone. You know what the Lord is speaking to you. There are at least 300 of you between this sanctuary and online who will meet me with the $100 seed gift. Get your seat in your hand. The information is going on the screens. If you're watching online, the information is going on the screens. If you say, preach, I don't have the $100 seat offering, but I've got 90, I've got 80, I've got 75, I've got 60, 50, 40, 30, 20, whatever it is, get the greatest gift you can in your hand. And I want you to come, for those of you who are here, if you're giving electronically, give electronically. If you say, preacher, today I got cash, and I want to come, and I want to lay to this altar, I want you to do me a favor, get your envelope. The gatekeepers are here. They're passing them out. I want you to get it, place your seed in it, and I want you to run to this altar. I want you to lay your gift, and I want you to declare it's handled. I want you to lay your gift of us as a sign to God that I'm believing you to handle every impossible thing in my life. For some of you, the impossibilities come by way of your financial obligations right now you feel like you were up against the impossible come on November December that's the time when people get frantic we get worried we start worrying about what's gonna happen I want you to believe that it's handled today every person get a gift in your hand if you're giving online do me a favor just wave your phone wave your device in this atmosphere fear wave it wave it wave it and shout today is handled is handled is handled if you're giving in person run 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 lay it on the altar lay it on the altar lay it on the altar and I want you to declare is handled is handled is handled come on I want you to do it come on I want you to do it I want you to lay it I want you to lay it I want you to declare it I want you to decree it I want you to declare it I want you to decree it I want you to declare it put it over your house put it over your children put it over your marriage put it over your mind come on every person every person one more time wave those devices at me somebody shout is handled is handled if you're online, drop that green check in the comment section and declare as handled, as handled, as handled. Come on, in the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Come on. Now, if you believe it, do me a favor. Put your blessed hands together in this place and give our God a shout of praise. Come on. Come on. Give our God a shout of praise. In this sanctuary, give our God a shout of praise place come on come on come on bless you this morning did you really did you hear a word that blessed you that helped you this morning if you can just hold your movement for a few minutes for me just hold your movement just hold we're going to leave here in, in a moment just hold your movement for me we're going to move we're going to leave they're going to take these buckets out and then we'll all be able to leave together it's already handled what a refreshing word this morning 
to know God is assuring us that he's taking care of us, y'all. He's assuring us that he is taking care of us. Thank you to all of our first-time guests. If today was your first day with us, we want to tell you thank you for coming. And as you're leaving, in the middle of the um, lobby area, we have a connect station. We do have a gift for you that we would like for you to um, receive today. Also, Elder Marissa Farrell will be in the lobby. She'll be signing her books. She'll be taking pictures with those of you who have a desire to do that today, as well as our new merch that will be available to you. We also have our cafe that is open, so while you get your popcorn, make sure you get something from the cafe to go along with that. We want to say thank you all so much. Remember to tune in on Wednesday night to our senior pastor as he shares a special word with us, 7 p.m. Wednesday night. And if the Lord say the same, we'll be right back here together next Sunday. Invite somebody. Tell someone, if you have family coming in town for Thanksgiving, tell them it'll be worth it to come and enjoy service with you. Next Sunday morning, Pastor Mark Moore will be with us. Let's stand and we can all leave together. God, we thank you so much for another opportunity. This is the day you've made. We've rejoiced. We were glad. So many that were saved and received hope today. Those online who watched and their families were restored. God, even as the word were going forth, we thank you so much for all you've done, for all you've set out to do. God, as we leave, burdens lifted. Heads lifted, hearts lifted, as we expect the greatest week ever that we've had in 2022. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. We all say together, amen. Have a wonderful day, and we'll see you next Sunday. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.